Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. The Imprisoned Demo is out now. Please do yourself a favor. Go support an amazing hardcore band out of Las Vegas. And if you're not familiar, Las Vegas has an amazing hardcore scene. Shout out to my friends over at Black Path Booking. Uh, they do a lot of amazing things for the scene. There's a lot of great bands from out there. Shout out my friend Jet. Shout out Collating. New music. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I can't do this. Okay, all right, all right. <clears throat> Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. The Imprisoned Demo is out now. Newest band on From Within Records. They're amazing. They're from Las Vegas. If you're not familiar, Las Vegas has an amazing hardcore scene. Shout out to my friends in Black Path Booking. Shout out to Collating. Shout out Winch Mob. One of my favorite bands. But Las Vegas has been doing cool shit for a really long time. So I'm happy to see a newer band getting a lot of love. So shout out to Imprison. Today, Statement of Pride, Out of the Ashes on Youngblood Records. Do yourself a favor, support Youngblood, support Statement of Pride, one of my current favorite hardcore bands. They're amazing. Here Until the End by Burning Strong is out now. If you have not listened to that record, please hit pause right now. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, YouTube, and stream that record front to back. It's amazing. Shout out Pensacola. March 24th and 25th, the first Unitarian Church in Philadelphia, Hardcore Pride Weekend. It's going to be amazing. So many awesome bands, Gridiron, Magnitude, Simulacra, Adrian, Moment of Truth, Never Again, Statement of Pride, Mind Force, Seed of Pain, Point of Contact, Be All and All, Live It Down, Chemical Fix, Carbonite, Almighty Watching, Burning Strong, Wreckage, and Pain Clinic. It's going to be amazing. There's also going to be a flea market. A lot of cool shit. Days from within records, Youngblood, Scheme, Triple B. They're all going to be there. So I hope to see all of you there. It's going to be a great time. I love Philly. Can't wait to be back. If you're not following from within records on social media, please hit pause. Go boot up your Twitter. Go boot up your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support from within records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, please hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. They do amazing shit. They just posted a shirt that they did for Wicca Phase, and it looks amazing. And I'm happy to have worked with Good Fortune. I will be working with Good Fortune very soon. We got some cool shit in the works, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. But I love that business. So please. Go follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. And if you want to get in contact with them, please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. Before we get into today's guests, pretty uh, rough time, but I just want to shout out uh, my friends in Time and Pressure. There will be a memorial show for our friend Blake Fowler, January 28th at Off Broadway. The lineup will be Time and Pressure, Chemical Fix, Prevention, Direct Measure, and Squint. And it's just sad, but shit happens. And this episode was a, a rough one. And the timing was just really strange how it all worked out. But I am still bummed. 
and I hate thinking about the sad news about Blake. Blake was an awesome dude. We'd spend hours talking on Discord. I, I could call him at the most random times. He'd pick up, and we would talk, and it was awesome to be able to have a friend like that. I am still sad. I, I, I think about it even right now recording this, just bumming me out. But for anyone who can make it to the memorial show, I hope uh, you all roll out and have a good time. Hope you get there safe. Hope you get home safe. For anyone who donated to the GoFundMe, thank you. I'm sure his family and all of his friends appreciate it. But it's it's just sad. I I I don't know what I could have done or if I even could have done anything. But I'm just happy to have been able to have known Blake, been able to share some very um, uh, interesting and crazy stories uh, with him. He was there for me when not a lot of people were. Um, so that's something they'll never forget. But it was hard for me to talk about it at the time when I recorded this episode. Um, you'll hear it. Uh, it's not one of my proudest moments, but it's just sad. It's such a bummer. Um, but I hope for anyone who is just dealing with anything, reach out to your friends, reach out to your family. Uh, I know sometimes in this world we can feel so alone, get caught up in bullshit. Um, but just know that someone out there loves you. So even if it is hard, it's probably easier if you just reach out, see what's up, check, check your friend's temperature. Maybe you'll get reminded that there are people actually out there that care about you and you're not so alone in this world. But I been putting this episode off because it was just uh, yeah it, it, it's still just uh, hard to think about uh, it was rough to record but I hope all of you out there are enjoying your life you know we're not here for a long time I hope all of you just maximize your happiness find uh, what you love to do hope you wake up happy hope you guys just have a great time because life can suck it sometimes but just know that those shitty times don't last. They pass. Things always get better. That's something that I always have to remind myself when I get down. Um, think back. Or I, I just honestly think to like my core friends who I know no matter what will have my back. That's the kind of shit that gets me through the rough times. And twice. Shout out twice. They never let me down. Also, my group chat. Shout out Weekly. We're down one member. We've been down one member, but it's always nice to be able to check in to the group chat. And it's weird. We're in different time zones. Uh, they're like 16 hours ahead. But whenever you pop in, they're always curious about how I'm doing, if I've eaten. It's always all love. So that's like the shit that I'm fortunate enough and happy to have that I have solid group chat awesome group of girls also shout out my discord shout out the ot5 uh that's probably what i do the most on my phone is chat and discord about k-pop and when we're all gonna finally have a group trip so i just rely on that kind of shit to get me through the day because it's not always the best of times 
you know, I, I always try to be the best version of me. Uh, but I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But it's just crazy how life can hit you fast. You know, I, I'm sure people see it all the time. Rest in peace, uh, whoever. Um, but when it's one of your friends, someone that you actually cared about, someone that you actually knew, it it hurts. It sucks. But Blake, hope you're happy wherever you are. I hope everyone uh, never let the memory of Blake die. Support Time and Pressure. That band is amazing. Um, shout out to all of his friends. I hope all of you are doing all right. But on today's episode, we had a track down our good friend Brennan. He sings for a band called Squint out of St. Louis. If you're not familiar, please hit pause. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music title. Go stream Squint. They're amazing. And I am very happy to have finally been able to have Brennan on the podcast. He's someone that I've been wanting to have on for years. I'm appreciative of his constant support over the years. It means a lot to me, but I'm so happy to finally have been able to sit down and talk to him on the podcast. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Brennan to the show. podcast brennan how's it going what's up jamie thanks for having me oh thank you you know obviously uh i know you are a longtime supporter I, I wanted to have you on the podcast but um that was back with your other band but just timing didn't work out but i'm just happy that we stayed in contact and i uh you know checked out your your new band which i think is really awesome so i'm happy to finally be able to have you on the podcast so thank you for being down for so long yeah thank you so much yeah i'm a huge fan of it you kind of, uh, you know, were the gateway into uh, other podcasts for me. So uh, there's been many. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cook in my free time. So there's been many a morning I'm opening up to the Jamie Orkay podcast. And then later that night, checking out new bands and stuff like that when I'm working out at the gym. So, you know, this podcast has done a lot for me. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Wow, that is amazing to hear because <laughs> there's so many podcasts that that do that for me right i uh, i always uh, credit listening to joe rogan i've listened to every episode of the joe rogan experience uh, i mean even uh, Errol hawani and everything that he's done in his career i've followed all the different shows that he's done but especially the long running mma hour so it, it, it's always cool to hear that I can be that for other people because that's not that, sure. that's honestly not ever something I thought would be a thing. Like I always think back to like the early days of the podcast and not even sure where it was going to go and getting laughed at by my old coworkers who are now <laughs> listeners. So thank you. Um, but, but yeah, but it's cool to be able to, to provide just some entertainment for, for other people. Cause this is uh, just as fun for me as it is for people who are listening and are um, interested. So I, I definitely appreciate people like you. For sure, yeah. No, I right back at you. So, okay, and 
some heavy news for the St. Louis hardcore scene. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't bring it up, but, um, uh, you know, our friend Blake, unfortunately, yeah. um, isn't here with us anymore. Um, I, I was very surprised if I'm being honest, cause I, you know, when you scroll through social media, sometimes you're just kind of like just thumbing through stuff, not really paying attention. So I had seen yesterday, um, uh, some people post some pictures of them and I just thought they were just showing love, but this morning at work. I actually, you know, was just on social media again and seeing more of it. And then it kind of hit me like, wait, why are so many people posting pictures of Blake? Yeah. And then it, then I started reading the captions and seeing stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Cause I last spoke to Blake in August and I just, you know, took me by surprise. I didn't think this is something that would have happened to him. Yeah. The, it, it caught us all by surprise. Um, the whole scene's definitely hurting right now. Um, I, uh, I'm not gonna front like I've been longtime friends with Blake, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what made it so much harder is when he moved out to Philadelphia. Um, he reached out to me once he moved out there and he told me he really liked what Squint was doing. He told me he was really excited that I was in a band with Dave. You know, Dave is also in Squint. He plays guitar mm-hmm. and he was also in Time Pressure with Blake. Um, and, you know, he just basically said, you know, more while I was in St. Louis. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, you too, man. Like, I, you know, if you're ever back in town, hit me up. You know, if I'm ever out in Philly, hit me up. And uh, then, you know, a couple months or a couple weeks later, maybe I found out he's moving back to St. Louis, you know. So I was really looking forward to get to know him. And he was there to act like, you know, all weekend. And, you know, he was, you know, basically the sixth member of squint that weekend he was everywhere with us you know he was in our van at all times you know um and that's what really sucks about it you know is i just got to know the kid and i was i always thought he was older than he was you know mm-hmm. um when i found out how young he was it made me like really excited to know him because i was like you know you seem older than you are as far as like your knowledge and like your worldview on like you know the hardcore scene and just you know the world as a whole um so I was really excited to see what he was going to go on to do. You know, he was very fun to be around that weekend, you know, moshing for every band, singing along and just being Blake, you know, I guess. I mean, you know, like I said, I didn't know him super well before that, but I was really excited to get to know him more. And uh, yeah, it's just a tragedy. And um, my heart goes out to like time and pressure, especially uh, his family. Um by the time this comes out, um, it'll have been announced, but there's going to be a benefit show for Blake. Um, let me get the info on it. But January 28th here in St. Louis, Time and Pressure is playing. Um, I think Wyatt from Chemical Fix is going to be filling in because Chemical Fix is also playing. So it's going to be Squint, Direct Measure, Prevention, Chemical Fix, Time and Pressure on January 28th. So. If anybody, uh, you know, I know the circumstances absolutely suck, but I know there's a lot of people who really wanted to see Time and Pressure. So, you know, I'm sure this is your only chance if you wanted to. Um, but, you know, on, I guess the silver lining, you know, is uh, just that it's brought people very close together. You know, St. Louis has already had a very tight-knit scene, but, um, you know, 
like I said, everybody's hurting right now for, so everybody's there for each other. Uh, there was a GoFundMe made for Blake earlier today. Uh, and the, you know, $12,000 goal was hit within like four or five hours. So, you know, it's clear that he was really loved, you know, and it, it does suck a lot. Yeah. It's pretty rough. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I, uh, I found out yesterday and I was, you know, telling Dave in the group chat, I was, you know, hoping that I didn't have to break this news on the podcast, you know, cause it's not number one, my, <clears throat> my news to break, you know, and number two, it's just. It's such a hard thing to, you know, talk about and, you know, deal with, you know, it's, he's a, he's going to be missed a lot, you know, by a lot of people. So, uh, James and Travis and Drew and, uh, Dave, you know, I really feel for all you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it together. Yeah. Same here, man. Sucks. I knew this conversation would have to happen. Though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wanted it to happen, you know, because, you know, Blake deserves that, you know, so. Um, yeah. You know, it would be, you know, a pity if we just didn't even mention it, you know, so. Yeah, I know. He's a great dude, and it, it sucks that, you know, he's not here anymore being a great dude, but, you know. Yeah. He will live on for sure, you know. Uh, that show is going to be nuts too. That's one thing I was telling Dave. It's at a venue here in St. Louis where not a lot of hardcore shows happen, and uh, the stage is like perfect. So uh, I'm pretty excited to see that time and pressure set and see, you know, I'm sure it'll be emotional. Yeah, I remember um, like leading up to act like you know, Blake reached out to me and he was just like, "Yo, like." I shouldn't even be telling you this. Like if James knew I was telling you this, he'd probably kill me. Um, but he just like reached out and was, uh, letting me know that time and pressure is most likely going to do like a surprise set just because, you know, their breakup was pretty abrupt and mm-hmm. he knew how, how much I like time and pressure. Like I put so much respect on that band yeah. and, that record and you know just being one of those bands from a scene that doesn't get a lot of love um i I thought they uh were a great example of a a band that could create top tier music you know even not being from any particular hype scene um i honestly to this day think halfway down still like one of the best hardcore records written um but just you know blake hitting me up and just being so excited about the potential of them just being able to do it one more time and him knowing that that's something that i really wanted to see um was really cool but the fact that i'm never gonna get to see them with him is a terrible thing Uh, um but yeah i just hope everyone in time and pressure anyone who is close to blake his family i just hope they're you know, doing okay through these rough times. I'm happy that the GoFundMe was cleared in such a short amount of time. I, I wish he, you know, I, I don't know exactly what he was going through, but I just wish he could feel all the love that he's getting today. Cause yeah. Yeah. It was very unreal. You know, I, uh, 
when Dave texted the group chat, he said, you know, like we all know Blake, you know, especially after past weekend, he was just, you know, right there with us the whole time. And he just texted the group chat and he was like, you know, my, you know, my former bandmate Blake passed away last night. I was like, damn, like Blake who, you know, like I, obviously I know Blake Fowler, but I was like, you know, it couldn't have been him, you know? And I'm, he mentioned in the text how it happened, you know? And so I, um, I was like, that definitely couldn't, you know, have been Blake, but you know, you never know what's going on, I guess. And I, I guess this is, you know, a good time to say, you know, just if, you know, check on your friends and if, if you're going through something yourself, you know, reach out, you know, it, it, it sucks, you know? Um, but yeah, um, not to change the subject or anything, but you know, time and pressure. Yeah. We're an awesome band and, uh, yeah, I wish you could have got to see them with Blake because he was uh, not to discredit any other any of the other members because Drew's pretty energetic, but uh, you could tell he was the youth of the band. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was the one jumping around and he was the one excited and, you know, um, I actually wasn't, you know, super present for the time period. The time and pressure was pretty active. Um, so... I kind of have some regrets myself with that band. You know, I kind of wish I had gone out and seen them more. Um, I was dealing with, you know, like depression and addiction and stuff like that at the time and just really wasn't making time for the things that, you know, mattered to me in my youth and continue to matter to me today now that I'm not down in that hole, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that I'm not in that place anymore. But one regret that I have in that time period is, I wish I had made it out to more time and pressure shows because listening back, I'm like, you know, this band was something special and it sucks that, you know, it's not like I never saw them or anything, but uh, I just kind of took it for granted while they were active, you know, so. Yeah, I was always uh, <clears throat> concerned about where the scene, um, even though it's not my scene, whatever, you know, I'm from California, but for as hard as um you know, James worked to bring shows to the area and to, to just keep a band like that together. Um, yeah. Once they decided to, to hang it up, I was always concerned, like what's next? Like James moved away. Who's going to step up and try to keep it alive. And I'm uh, you know happy when you hit me up and mentioned that you were doing something new and, and squint. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm not really too familiar with what else is going on out there besides Squint. So from an outsider looking in, I like when I think of St. Louis now, I, I think of you guys. So um. that's awesome. I mean, that, you know, that means a lot to put on for the city. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there's, a, you know, there's a lot going on here and there's also not a lot. You know what I mean? It's uh, the people that do come out, come out in like huge numbers. Um, there's a band from here called direct measure mm -hmm. and, uh, Jake Meyer from that band, shout out to him. He does the majority of the booking here for us. Um, and then, you know, if we have friends bands that come through, we'll book a show for them. Like we booked a show for super crush earlier this year. And, um, our label mates and, uh, money came through earlier this, you know, just, Squint will stand, set up a, you know, a show when it's, uh, when it's necessary. But as far as like consistent shows being booked just for the sake of hardcore, that's like all Jake. So shout out to Jake Meyer. Like I said, um, he's pretty much stepped up in the role that James had while he was here. 
who, you know, shout out to James also. He did an excellent job while he was here. And, you know, I don't really know what he's doing in Ohio now, if he's booking shows or if he's just doing the family life stuff. I've never been super close to James, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's no diss. I just don't, you know, yeah, really know the dude that well. But. For sure. Um, yeah, from uh, being friends with him on social media, he's seems like he's just taking his uh, graphic design role pretty serious he's done some some really awesome stuff for a lot of bands so i'm happy that he was able to uh, move away but not forget about hardcore he's still very much a part of it and um is still a great dude i love james i love everybody in time and pressure yeah okay yeah Um, just curious about squint because obviously you were in a band before and then um, things just uh, you know uh, ended, and I, I didn't hear from you for a while. Uh, how did Squint come together? Whose idea was it to start the band? Uh, Ian and I, we were you know we everybody in the band we've known each other for you know various degrees. Like Jake, who plays bass in Squint, I've always since like seventh grade. He's the kid who got me into hardcore, and you know since then we've just every single band I've been in, I've been in with Jake. You know, it's just. A no-brainer but then you know other people like dave from time and pressure and stuff i met more recently just kind of through the scene you know and um so like i said i've just known them all various degrees uh ian and i used to work together ian who plays guitar and squint mm-hmm. and we just ran into each other one day um he used to be in a band with dave called new lives that was kind of more uh uh just like title fighty kind of like um you know, a little more singy, like, uh, I guess, emo kind of stuff. But um, he told me he had been working on some riffs and stuff. And uh, I started talking to him and, you know, I was saying how I wanted to play in a band again because um, the pandemic, once the pandemic had hit, Soulcraft pretty much just went to a halt. Uh, it's definitely, Soulcraft was never the band that, like, you know, people were sitting at home listening to records of, you know, it was very much like a live experience kind of band. Uh, our focus was not on, you know, I don't want to say it wasn't on writing good songs, but, you know, we never really said, how can we make this song better? You know, we just were fast, fun, hardcore. And so when the live aspect went away, Soulcraft just kind of fizzled out. Um, but, you know, I kept writing lyrics and stuff like that. And so when Ian hit me up with some riffs, um, I went and recorded some, you know, iPhone demos uh, over the riffs, sent him back, and we kind of worked on those, just me and him for a while, and then he's, you know, enlisted Dave from his prior band, who I've always wanted, since I got more into Time and Pressure, I'd wanted to be in a band with Dave, because I know he did a, a lot of the writing in that band, and I really just appreciate his songwriting. Um, and then, so yeah, Ian was like, we gotta get Dave, and I was like, for sure, we gotta get Jake, because Jake's my guy, like I said. Mm-hmm. I can't be in a band without Jake. <laughs> and then uh, the drummer, Will, he plays in a local indie band. But uh, way back in the day, not that long ago, I guess like 10 years ago, uh, he was a hardcore kid. So I knew it was still deep down in there. He uh, he used to play with a, in a hardcore band with me way back in the day. And then he also uh, filled in for Focus Minds for a while, who I know you you know, I've, I've, I've heard you mentioned before on here and mm-hmm. I've always, you know, been, been sitting there at work cutting onions and then just, yeah, no one likes to talk about focus minds. So, 
which it, it's it's weird to me because I, I i maybe it was like a time and place because yeah i honestly i have tried to listen to the music and it it doesn't hold up today i'll i'll be honest no, about it that doesn't. but but back then um and maybe i was biased too because i was friends with uh, the original bass player this guy named brian he brian yeah yeah shout out brian uh, i'm not sure where he's at these days but i hope him and hana are doing well um but uh just getting to to, to know him and uh but i met him after i was already a fan of the band like i, I uh, remember almost breaking my arm uh seeing them at sound and fury uh, i think it was 2011 yeah. They were covering Righteous Jams, and I ran and just jumped into the uh, you know highest front flip I could do at the time, and uh, landed on my arm on the cement. And I thought I legit thought I broke my arm, um, <laughs> but I, I saw that band countless times and uh, you know all, all over the states. But uh, they were awesome for what they did. Yeah, they were like uh, I was kind of there from the from the you know like the from the ground up for that band. Mm-hmm. I used to play in a band called Big Mouth that like did a lot of things with them in the beginning. And then we just kind of watched them pop off after that. So they were my first friends band who, you know, quote unquote made it in the hardcore world. And Mm -hmm. I look back on it fondly, even though I don't listen back on it fondly, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, it's uh, they weren't, they weren't the best band, but you know, they did yeah. their thing. I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, though. I know we were talking about. Oh no, no, start. no, it's totally I fine. Just, I, I'm, I'm totally open to, to talking about that. Cause, uh, they were a band that had a, a fast rise, but just as fast of a fall. Cause like, yeah. I know a lot of those guys dropped out, became like ravers or DJs or something, or I might be yeah, speaking yeah. out of turn, but I, I know at least one no, of them right. did. Um, and yeah. And I, I remember they, they had like Andy Hurley filling in for a little bit, which was like a big deal for anybody who knows who he is. Uh, I thought that was cool. Cause I'm a fan of fallout boy. I, I thought Dude, that was yeah. sick. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Um, I honestly don't think they could come back today. Like nobody wants a reunion. Um, that's not a diss. That's just the, the truth. Like I, like I said, if if you were around for when they were, it it was definitely a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, uh, definitely a time and place kind of band, but, uh, um, yeah, Will used to fill in for them, um, way back in the day. And then he moved out to Portland for a while. And he actually owned a coffee shop with Andy Hurley. Oh, okay. Uh, Will from Squint. So, in I guess next Friday, there's that festival uh, in Little Rock, Bang in the Rock Fest. Mm-hmm. It's a, like a big death metal fest. And we're playing an after show for that. And Race Traders playing that day, which is, you know, Andy Hurley's in that. Yeah. So, you know, Will, our drummer, is like, yeah, maybe I can get Andy to come by. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. But like in the back of my head, like 13 year old me is like, oh my God, I might get to meet the drummer of Fallout Boy. Cause that's like, you know, a gateway band for me when I was in middle school, you know, especially growing up in Illinois. You know, like when I first heard Take This to Your Grave, I was like, this is incredible, you know, and they're singing about Chicago, you know, like I go there. So. Yeah, I still hate my mom, and <laughs> I don't really hate my mom. Uh, we have a great relationship, but I will never forgive her for not letting me go to see Fall Out Boy in Matchbook Romance in San Diego. With uh, there's this girl who lived like on the same block as us, and we yeah. went to the uh, the the same high school. Her name is Victoria, um, and I remember she she knew that I liked that type of music, and so did she. So I, I, on the bus ride home, she asked me. She's like, "Hey, my mom's taking me." to see fallout boy and matchbook romance and this is like the take this to your grave era like the like my favorite fallout boy era yeah and 
she was like, do you want to come? And I was like, oh my God, I do, but I have to ask my mom. Cause I was a, t- I was like a teenager, a young kid back then. I couldn't just take off and I'll, and I'll, I didn't have money. So I would have had to ask my parents for money. So I had asked my mom and she, first of all, didn't understand the music. She was like, I don't know why you want to go see a, a live band. And second of all, I don't want you being around girls that I don't know. So no, you can't go. And <sighs> mom killed me because vicky came to school the next day wearing sick ass match with romance yeah. yeah and i was like that could have been me that could have been me and to this Damn. day like like i've, I've seen fallout boy uh multiple times live but it's not what it could have been like yeah the, not that era yeah no i'm with you damn mom come on i know she she thought this was just a phase me going to live shows um and little does she know i'm out here and now i'm talking to the people in the bands i'm out here uh, you know, doing uh, more than just going to shows. So yeah, it's not just no, my mom was on the, the same thing. You know, she definitely thought I was going to outgrow this. And I'm like, jokes on you. I'm a grown man and I'm still doing this. So mm-hmm. uh, she's probably listening to this. Hi mom. So <laughs> hell yeah. Shout out to your mom. Um, okay. So squint gets together. How long uh, had you guys been a band before you even uh, completed the first release? Uh, would you call it like a demo or EP for feel it? Yeah, uh, we were just going to call it a demo. And then as it came together more, we were just like, this is more of like a release, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we felt comfortable calling it an EP. Uh, we used to just refer to it as like, yeah, feel it or the first EP or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we when I met Ian in that, I'm, I saw him at the farmer's market one day. Uh, and that's when we first started talking about it. That was like, it, you know, the fall of what, twenty. 21 i guess you know mm-hmm. um, so i mean we've only been a band for like a little over a year like since we first started jamming you know uh it all came together pretty quick ian sent me those initial riffs and then once we got you know those bass recordings you know the the iphone recordings of me and him uh we sent them over to dave and dave is just like a machine like he just he pumps out like a stressful amount of songs like as a vocalist, I'm like, how would I ever like write at, you know, enough lyrics to this, like, let alone anything like meaningful, you know, but like, mm. especially like, you know, his day off or something, he'll send us like four or five full songs that he's made on like garage band that day. And they'll just go on to a SoundCloud and, you know, just kind of sit there. Um, and we listen to him in our free time and pick from that. But anyway, so yeah, when Squint first got together, you know, Dave got the initial kind of taste of what we were doing um ian and i didn't really ever talk any influences or anything like that he just kind of sent me the riffs and i'm not a singer you know i come from a hardcore background so i just did what i do over the songs and sent him back and was basically like you know this is what i can do and ian was into it um i know dave comes from more of a hardcore background so when you know we started talking um I told him some of the stuff that, you know, I was trying to pull from like Rites of Spring and uh, Turning Point and uh, Seaweed and just, you know, kind of like random bands, but also stuff with like an underlying theme. And, you know, he came back with, you know, finishing out Ian's songs and um, writing songs of his own that Ian turned around and finished. So that's one thing that's nice about having those two in the band. They've been friends since like high school and they've played in so many bands together that they just under yeah understand each other's style you know and so they'll write parts basically for each other 
and stuff like that, you know, and just, you know, Dave will try and write like an Ian style riff and Ian will try and write a Dave style riff. And it's, it's kind of cool to just even just watch them communicate a practice, you know, because I don't understand half of what they're saying. And it's like they have their own little language, you know. Yeah, it's hard to recreate, like recreate a real chemistry like that. Yeah, and it just guitar talk in general. I'm so oblivious to all of it that you know, when they're being like, "No, it's more of like an arpeggio picking," and you know, "No, you're doing the time signature wrong." I'm just like sitting there, like, "Yeah, it makes me, me like it's time to yell." You know? Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, how am I a music fan and I'm not understanding anything? People are like, want to get technical. I'm definitely the most like rudimentary in the band as far as like. You know, I'm like the caveman who just like yells on all of it at the end. And, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, but, um, I feel like I keep getting off on tangents, but, uh, it's fine. Let's see. We're, so we're talking about squint starting out and, oh yeah. So yeah, through the winter, we just kind of wrote, we started off, I think the first song we wrote was mantra and then we wrote ghost after that. And then, uh, we wrote two more songs and, threw an intro on it and just decided to kind of wrap that up there, get it out. Um, so, you know, we recorded that in like February, I want to say with our buddy Gabe, who's recorded like all my bands in the past. And uh, he, uh, you know, did a good job. We hit up Jonathan with it in like April, uh, Jonathan from Sunday drive uh, new lives, that band that Dave and Ian I was talking about were in, they were one of like Sunday drives, like first releases, like maybe like, Sunday drive number three or something like that. Um, so there was a pre-existing relationship there. And then just as we were like writing, feel it, uh, we were discussing labels and stuff that we wanted to send it to. And, um, around that time, SDR had like started branching more into the hardcore world. You know, they were like doing stuff with broken vow and stuff like that, and doing more stuff with numerality zine. So we hit up Jonathan to see if he'd be interested in doing it, and he was, you know, so we dropped Feel It in May, and then, you know, uh, as Feel It was being processed and everything, you know, from February to May or so, uh, we just continued to write. So, you know, I think Pigpen was the first song we wrote after Feel It, and we really just don't ever stop writing. Like, we're currently writing now. You know, we just dropped Wash Away. Uh, the new seven inch that came out earlier last month, I guess now. Um, but, uh, we're writing now, you know, we don't know what we're going to put out quite next. Uh, not sure if we're going to sit on stuff and drop a full length whenever we're ready or just keep doing little EPs. We kind of like the little EP approach because I don't, it just keeps, keeps things fresh, keeps things moving, you know, um, from like personally, from like a, hardcore kid standpoint i've like always enjoyed you know the four song five song eps as opposed to you know bigger full-length works uh just my attention span i feel like i can process it a lot better and like sit with the songs better uh so that's you know my personal preference was that we is that we do that but other guys in the band like the approach of the full length more and the idea of being able to you know kind of play around with sounds more you know you can maybe throw some songs on a full length that wouldn't make as much sense on like a short ep you know kind of play around so i don't know what we're gonna do yet but um yeah that's pretty much the the timeline of squint thus far 
Okay, we'll get to um, the latest seven inch washway, but just a couple things on feel it. Um, I love the sound of the band, right? Like when you first told me you're, you're in a new band, I, uh, you know, I had no point of reference. I was like, right, cool. Like, let's just hear like what's going on and listening to the band. It's one of those bands where like, it's hard for me to describe. I, uh, find it easier just to tell people to, to listen to it. But I like that. Um, it, it's hard to define, but also like with your sound, uh, you, uh, are, I feel like, able to fit on a lot more bills without it being like a, a weird look or you being like the odd band out uh, just uh, for how unique you guys are. So I, I definitely really like that uh, fact about your band. Yeah, that's been really nice, especially in living in St. Louis. It's a very um, mixed bill city, you know, like mm. uh, our, our scenes are not not really big enough to kind of have the separation that other cities do, you know, to the point where, you know, indie bands constantly play with hardcore bands and death metal bands. And, you know, it's pretty much just, we have one venue here, the sinkhole. Um, you know, sure. You've heard of it. If you've heard anything about St. Louis hardcore, but, um, everybody pretty much books there. So because of that too, you know, there's constantly like, Hey, this band's coming through, you know, tonight, or, you know, this band's coming through in a month. Is the sinkhole open? And they're like, no, there's a show going on that night, but we can probably fit them on it kind of deal, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it has been nice to have Squint have such like a broad spectrum of people that it hits. Uh, and it's also fun to like change nothing about our approach. You know, I mean, it's not like if we play an indie show, we dial it back at all. Or if we play a hardcore show, it's not like we're like, yeah, let's make this part real moshable, you know, or something like that. It's just, you know, consistent throughout, you know. Um, sometimes it's like a little intense for people. Sometimes it's a little weak for certain people, you know, but it's it's nice to just put it all out on the table and just confidently be like, this is what we got. If you like it, you don't, you know, or if you like it, you do. If you don't, you don't. Okay. And I'm curious about the artwork. Can you talk about who, um, I'm going to mess up this person's name, uh, Bastion Najek? Yeah, I'm not actually sure how you say his last name, but yeah, Bastion, um, he's from Poland. Uh, I believe, I <laughs> I said that on a podcast the other day too, and I was like, I, I got to double check that because I have just the worst like concept of the world as far as like anything. Mm -hmm. I'm such like a dumb American when it comes to that shit, so. Bastion, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but I'm 90% sure he lives in Poland. Um, he uh, He's just a, an artist that's worked with Sunday Drive in the past, and uh, we've really enjoyed his art. Um, when Feel It first came together, we had a vague idea for, like, I had said I want, um, you know, there's a lot of themes on the record. I thought of, like, growth and stuff like that. Uh, as I said, like in the past, I dealt with like a lot of depression and addiction issues and stuff. So um, I think a lot of that comes through on Feel It and a lot of it has to do with self-growth. So I liked the idea of, you know, a plant growing out of a person. And initially we had just hit him up being like, we want a person with a flower growing out of their head, you know, and we sent him the music and all the lyrics and he sent us back, you know, uh, what he you know, what we have is the album cover now. And he, you know, took the liberty of saying, Hey, I decided to make it into a statue. I thought it fit themes of the record and I thought it would just be cool, you know, like, um, 
a weathered statue you know there's themes of weathering on the album and stuff that word gets used you know so uh the second we saw it we were like yeah that's perfect you know so we just went with that and we've you know used bastion sense for later things that i'm sure we'll talk about and merch designs and stuff but yeah he's great his name on instagram is uh get xx lost if anybody wants to you know hit him up for designs he does a lot of awesome stuff for other bands he loves does a lot of stuff for uh, like Wilkes-Barre bands, like One Step Closer and Anxious and stuff like that. Uh, I just keep seeing him get out there more and more, and it makes you know it makes me really happy because he's super talented, and uh, you know we're happy for him. So shout out Bastion, shout out Bastion. And whose uh, choice was it to go with this green theme? Uh, I guess just kind of collectively. Um, I can't remember if we decided that or if Bastion did. I think that might have been him. I think that was, I think that was him. He just sent it back and it had that kind of, uh, almost grayscale, but green, you know, kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And we just, we really liked it. He sent us another option too, where, uh, it's, uh, it had kind of like a sunburst orange in the background. And, uh, we wanted to figure out some way to use that. So if you actually, if you have the cassette, um, you know, the album cover is how it, looks online but when you pull the tape out of the j card the it's got the same art but it's got that sunburst in the background that alternative art that he sent us so but yeah everything he you know he sent us both of those and he was like which one do you like do you like the sunburst or do you like the you know green one and we were just like both you know can we have them both please Mm -hmm. you know and so we had to figure out a way to make them you know both usable and uh, I think Jonathan's actually the one who came up with the whole pull it out of the J card thing, but it's nice having, you know, I wouldn't say like a team behind squint, but having other creative factors, you know, like Jonathan puts his ideas into things for us constantly. Um, and clearly, like I said, Bastion takes a lot of, you know, uh, creative control when it comes to the stuff that he does. And it all just kind of adds to, you know, what squint is, you know? Like, I don't think the band would have the same vibe had we not gone through Bastion, you know, for the art, if we didn't have these visuals to accompany it and stuff like that. So uh, we definitely appreciate him and, you know, consider him a part of the Squint camp for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Bastion. Shout out to uh, Jonathan. Shout out to Sunday Drive Records. I love what you guys are doing over there. And it's awesome to see that the tape sold out. So it's cool that people are, are paying attention uh, and wanting to spend their money on uh, your guys' merch. So, and and it's, it's really cool to see a newer band get that kind of support because, uh, you know, not everyone is able to sell out their tapes for their first release. So, yeah, the response has been awesome. Um, and it's been making us super proud to, you know, for Sunday Drive. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, I personally like love that label. I love a ton of bands that they put out prior to being in Squint. I've loved that label, mm-hmm. you know, so um, it's nice to feel like you're in a mutually benefiting relationship, you know, like not just like Sunday Drive does all this awesome stuff for us. And then, you know, we put out tapes that just sit in their web store and, you know, cost Jonathan money. It's nice to like, you know, have it work out for him too and benefit him. Um we we just i just met jonathan for the first time this past weekend at act like you know 
Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking some and he was just, you know, saying it's been awesome working with Squint. It's been a lot of firsts for the label. We had our like first like UK radio play or something like that with Squint. Um, first like Apple Music feature or something, you know, just a couple things that I could tell he was excited about. And that made me really excited that he was excited, you know, because uh, I love that label. and I love everything Jonathan's done for us. Um I don't really have a ton of experience working with labels. Will, our drummer, um, does. In the past, his bands have been on more, I don't want to say mainstream labels, but, you know, they were on a couple. And uh, he has been like, working with Jonathan is like a dream compared to so many other labels I've worked with. Uh-huh. It's just so transparent. And so, like like I said, mutually benefiting. And uh, I don't know, you can tell, you know, that like Jonathan wants what's in Squint's best interest, you know? Um, and it, to a certain extent, I feel like he puts the band before himself. Um, and I feel like he does that with all the bands on his label, which is pretty difficult because he's got a lot. Um, and then also you can just tell at his core that, you know, he comes from a DIY, like hard, he's a hardcore kid, you know, at the core, like just everything he does, it like oozes out just like, you know, punk DIY done the right way. And, uh, yeah, I'm just like, I can't fly that flag high enough. I love being on that label. For sure. Yeah, I'm a huge supporter of them, too. I like what uh, he's doing over there. And I, I I was able to meet him when they had their showcase out here um, in Orange County earlier this year. And I'm happy for the label. I'm, I'm, stoked, that, uh, I'm stoked to hear that you guys are satisfied with the relationship because I talked to you know, some bands and hear about the horror stories behind the scenes and it's just uh, refreshing to know that uh, especially a, a newer band like you or not like you but uh, like squint excuse me um they're they're being taken care of and you feel that it's um, mutual because sometimes uh when it gets to business right and, and that's like the where things can get weird sometimes uh people don't feel like they're getting a, a fair shake so for you guys to <gasps> to be able to um, have that relationship with Sunday drive. It, it's really awesome to hear. And I hope you guys continue to work together for a long time. For sure. Yeah, me too. Um, we don't really know like what lies in the future, but uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be with Sunday drive, at least in some capacity, you know? So shout out again to Jonathan. I wish we could have played that, that showcase out there. Um, mm-hmm. When we had the conversation, like the, you know, we, we first sent the demo over to Jonathan or the EP, whatever you want to call it, over to Jonathan. And he uh, he liked it and he said he wanted to talk, you know. So we uh, we set up a little FaceTime conversation. And while we were talking with him, you know, he said basically it all just got finalized. So there's nothing we can really do about it now. But we're having a big show. You know, we just missed the deadline for the showcase. Basically, uh, we got to play with Excite and Dull Morning on their way out there. Mm-hmm. and that was that was awesome to meet those guys but it was almost just you know salt in the wound to like meet all of them and then be like all right see you guys go have fun at the showcase and then just you know sit there and watch on our phones all the videos in the coming days that were happening but um we're hoping next year we can make it to wherever they decide to have it i'm not sure if they're doing another california one or if they're doing i don't know i don't want to say anything but you know I shouldn't say, but um, we're hoping to play the showcase and uh, we're also hoping to make it out West next year. So I hope so too. I feel like you guys would do 
really well out here. I would love to see you guys on a bill with like military gun. I feel like that would be a, a great pairing. But also there's an endless amount of good bands out here that you guys would do great with. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, I know that uh, their drummer plays in Modern Color. We're playing. Uh, when's this podcast drop? Do you know, like tomorrow or uh, a couple days? Or it, it's going to be a couple days from now. Okay, I was going to say we're playing with Modern Color tomorrow, but um, if uh, you know, that'll be in the past, I guess by the time this comes comes out. But I just know they got the, I think the same drummer. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to to, to Vince. Vince is awesome. Former guest of the That's podcast. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, both good bands, and uh, hopefully there's there's a lot of bands out in Cali that I'd like to play with. Uh, we were talking to Bent Blue a little bit. Okay, it would be really cool to do some dates with them, um, but you know nothing's set in stone yet. We've been bugging Strange Joy about doing dates with them, uh, so if any of y'all are listening to this, just you know, let's make it happen. Come on, quit <laughs> quit ignoring me. Um, no, nah, those guys are really cool. We got to know them last weekend. Um, but yeah, again, I feel like I'm getting off on a tangent, but we're, uh, we're trying to hit, hit the road a little bit harder this next year. If, uh, if anyone's listening to this and wants squint to come where you are, you know, and can help facilitate that hit us up, you know, cause you know, a lot of times we don't, you know, we're just kind of waiting for people to hit us up and Yeah. I don't really know what I'm saying, but <laughs> you, you, you can make it happen. Uh, Tsunami just announced their full US that they're doing next year, and it's all DIY. Um, you know, th- they did it themselves. No big time agents or promoters. So it, it can That's be done. It, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do feel like uh, the scene's very united and easy to, I don't know, network with right now. I was in um, a band back in like 2012 that used to do the, you know, full us attempts you know diy booked and everything and we had a lot of successful ones but it is a lot of hard work um you know we we did a bunch of touring and it you know never really went anywhere so to speak but you know uh i do have a lot of respect for people that are out there putting in the work themselves as opposed to just sitting back and allowing an agent to do it 100 percent want to ask you about some of the songs on the first release uh i'm, I'm curious about uh i, I obviously love the name uh, for uh, squintro i love the <laughs> um you know obviously you're incorporating uh your, your band's name so I, I thought that's cool whose idea was that that was mine i'm just it's just dorky you know kind of fun um i i just felt like it was an opportunity that we couldn't pass up on you know we are constantly like uh we tried to make the Instagram page Squinstagram, you know, anything like that that we can just, you know, compound the word, we'll do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Squintensity, that's a good, a good, you know, word for the band. But uh, no, nah, Squintro is just, it was just being goofy, you know. Um, the name Squint, we're named after a song by the band Seaweed. Uh, and I always like when bands, I don't know have songs named after the band name, you know? Um, but since we're already named after another band name song, I felt like that could be a, you know, cool way to incorporate it too. But overall it's just goofiness. It's not really, you know, anything that we fought too hard about. For sure. No, I, I, I definitely dig it. Um, but, but I want to ask you about the last two songs on the record. If you can talk about uh, the song homesick and uh, just kind of explain what that song is about. 
Yeah. Um, well, do you, the song prior to Homesick, not to get off, you know, on a different song, but mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, the song Dealer Wins on the record. It's about kind of like de- depression and dissociating and, you know, just that feeling of, you know, leaving your body and anxiety coming over you. Um, and so Homesick is kind of meant to be like a resolution to that, you know, kind of like a reminder in the middle of those those moments, you know, of something to keep you grounded um, and just, you know, the confidence to overcome that situation, you know, whether it be like mental anxiety or like actual hardships in your life or whatever, um, you know, it's just basically like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and figuring it out, you know, uh, you know, just remembering what, what it is that's keeping you grounded and stuff like that, you know, um, yeah, that was pretty much the theme of that one. I really enjoyed that song. I think that one might be my favorite off the first release. Thank um, you. Yeah, great song. I, I definitely enjoy it more knowing um, the meaning behind it and you breaking it down. But I was curious about the last song on the record, Mantra. You, you referenced it earlier, but I was curious if you can go into detail about it. Yeah, that was, like I said, I think actually the first song that we wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I live in an like a studio apartment in St. Louis. So I can't record vocals here. So, um, it was fine. I, I lived next to a home Depot. So it was like 2 AM one night I was rode my bike over to the home Depot and was just recording vocals in the parking lot. Um, like were you so like, like outside of your car? Or yeah. You? Like it, just standing in the middle of the parking lot, screaming into my phone, like what? echoing through the parking lot. Was anybody and there? I, I feel like, no, I, I was holding my breath waiting for someone to come around. I wasn't too worried about like cops or anything like that. Cause in St. Louis, they got a hundred other things they're worried about other than a person yelling hardcore vocals. But, um, it is funny if you listen back on like the isolated vocal track of the demo, it's like, you can hear like sirens in the background and like, you know, people yelling at each other at the gas station nearby. But, um, but yeah, that was one of the first ones, you know, that I had, wrote with Ian and it was lyrics that I had been sitting on for a while. And, um, it's a song about basically about sobriety. You know, I, I don't want to like oversimplify it if it means something to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, uh, it's about ultimately, I guess it's more so than being about sobriety. It's about, you know, uh, having a different perspective, like some allowing something that, allowing yourself to have a different perspective on something in your life or just taking a step back and realizing the things that are like destroying you, you know, and, um, just having that honest conversation with yourself that like, you know, you need to get better, you know, um, like whether that be depression or, uh, addiction or anything like that, you know, it's just, um, you know, like the, the first half of the song is pretty much, uh, a lot of symbolism, and it's basically like it's talking about i think the lyrics are oh i know the lyrics they're uh uh like paint spilled on a weathered canvas uh the lines change bleed and rearrange um you know just meaning like like your your mind being like the old painting you know you've you've done things the same way for so long and sometimes it just takes that new uh perspective spilling onto it to really like jumpstart your brain and allow you to take a step back and go you know i'm i'm the problem with myself and this is something i can prevent you know and 
you know so that's kind of the end of the song the second half after the the build up you know it comes back in and the the mantra comes in where i'm just repeating the same thing but it's just basically saying you know you can't keep running from your problems you know you need to face them and yeah and i did and i'm glad that i did i'm on you know i'm uh, i'm not totally you know i've never been totally sober i don't mean to diminish you know sobriety to other people but you know the vice that was crippling me i've been free from for over two years now and uh you know it feels good to sing those songs on stage and know that i'm on the other end of that you know what i mean so and it feels good to have those songs sing back to me and know that either you know it means something to that person or you know it could one day you know that maybe they don't even realize what they're singing to me right then but you know five years from now they could be going through something and listen to that song or think back on it and you know because hardcore did that for me a lot growing up you know i identified with so many bands and so many lyrics and they meant so much to me that uh it feels cool to write lyrics that could do the same for other people you know yeah and, and I, I really resonate with like that that last line i i, I need to be here for it um because i've uh I, i've never dealt with um addiction or or depression but i i understand that we only as far as we know right i'm not sure what happens after we die but um just going through life um i've always wondered and uh, you know pondered on what this is all about but it's just you know i i won't, I won't really know till the end so i just want to try to uh, maximize my happiness as much as i can um, obviously there's good days, bad days, but every day that I have the ability to, to wake up and have another, or have another go at it. It's just like, you know, like, look, here we go. Like I want to try to, uh, you know, spend more time enjoying my life and doing things that I love or even finding new interests or meeting new people and just getting different looks because obviously I see things through my perspective but there's so many people here that see things, um, you know, the same, different, and I just, uh, you know, want to appreciate and try to, uh, you know, have a good life and be able to look back at the end, um, uh, whenever that may be, and uh, you know, be pleased with everything that had happened. No, I agree with that totally. Um, and, but one thing I was going to say in response to that was just that. Um, like, I, I think that it's important to, you know, feel good all the time. But one thing that was hard for me to come to terms with, with all of it, and that's kind of what I'm saying at the end of, I need to be here for it. And I, you know, is that you have to, you know, take all the bad too. that, you know, I mean, obviously you, you have to do everything in your power to make yourself happy because mm -hmm. ultimately I think that is the purpose, you know, like not like, not like the whole purpose of being here is totally selfish, but it is extremely important to keep yourself happy, you know, because that's what you exude then and you're a happy person. Um, but, uh, you know, it part of, you know, why I dealt with addiction the way I did was because I was constantly trying to run from the times that I didn't feel happy. You know, I was constantly trying to numb that part of myself. And that's, again, you know, where the album name Feel It comes in is because it's just about, you know, feeling every, every emotion as it comes, because it's all part of like, you know, the life experience, you know, 100%. Well, I'm happy to hear that 
you're doing better and thank you yeah and it's cool to to get that feeling from the people who um, listen to squin who participate when they see you guys live so it's it's only a really cool thing to to hear and i'm happy for you thank you yeah yeah i mean it uh, it means a lot that the music resonates with everybody and stuff like that you know and um i i love that people the songs are catchy and people enjoy them so much but like as a vocalist and a lyricist it really like means a lot to me when the lyrics resonate with people you know Mm -hmm. or when i look out and at every show i can see that there's, you know, just a couple more people singing along than the last one. And, it, you know, yeah, it, uh, I've never been, you know, like ashamed of lyrics and other bands or anything like that, but I've never been as confident as I am in Squint. Um, and I think, you know, it's definitely cause I have the band that I do backing me and also, um, you know, just cause it's, uh, it's kind of allowed me to put down my musical barriers, you know, as mm-hmm. far as like, there's not really anything I feel like Squint can't do sonically. Um, and I think that subconsciously it's kind of done the same thing with, you know, like my lyrical content and stuff. It's allowed me to like break down, put, bring my walls down and kind of, uh, access like certain vulnerability that I didn't even realize, I had, you know, so. Okay. And I'm happy that yeah, we're like it froze. Oh, um, yeah, you, Shit. you're we're froze. Oh, you're you're good on my end. Okay, cool. All right, we're back. Okay, wait. Minor hiccup. Right. I guess so. It says my internet connection's unstable, but now it's good. Okay. Um, I was saying I'm happy that we were able to get a second release uh, from Squint. Uh, you know, two releases in one year. It's not that often that bands do that, um, but it's awesome. I'm you know happy that the music is consistent. Or excuse me, consistently good. Um, and you did mention earlier that you you guys um, in Squint are constantly writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you you know put out Feel It, and obviously you're still writing. Uh, were you writing with the intent of having the second release wash away or was this just something that came up and we're like, okay, cool. We have this new batch of songs. Let's put something else out before the year's over. What was the thought process Uh, behind all that? We kind of just write until we're like, that feels good, you know, like, and that's kind of, um, I think we probably wrote like three of the songs on wash away. Um, and then we decided we'll just write one more and we'll do that. Uh, we also like I we we book studio time like ahead of time mm-hmm. and then basically just like right up until that point also. Um I think Wash Away was uh a little bit more planned out than that. You know, like we wrote the five songs and then booked the studio time. But with um uh or no, I'm sorry, with Feel It we wrote the five songs and then booked the studio time. But with Wash Away it was more like we were writing right up until we got in the studio um like wash away probably could have potentially been five songs had we just you know written another one in time Mm -hmm. um which i don't i think there was a reason we did that i don't know that it was done totally on purpose but i kind of liked it because it not that it lit a fire under us because like i said we're constantly writing anyway but um i like being i like having more stuff to drop you know i like uh having more just like releases. I don't know. Having more art, it just seemed more like fun to me along the timeline, you know? So I was definitely with dropping like a four song as opposed to 
waiting until 2023 to like drop maybe like a eight or 10 song or something like that, you know, um, that, and we felt like it, it paralleled wash away pretty well, or I keep getting it mixed up. I felt like we felt like wash away paralleled feel it pretty well. Um, so we definitely, a lot of it's just wanting to get stuff out. It's just, you know, anxiousness and just trying to get music out because we wanted to share it with the world. Um, but the other part of it is because it seemed just like methodically like too good, you know, uh, I guess, pieces to our catalog. And I'm curious for the band, obviously, uh, with Feel It and Wash Away, I feel like two great releases. I feel like um, I can listen to both of them front to back, no issue. Um, and I know you guys are still consistently writing, but do you think it might be beneficial to take a break from writing and hit the ground running and try to uh, take advantage of the body work that you have now, two solid releases in one year, and try to get out there and do more shows to you know gain more of a fan base and then continue to write? We're definitely that's a, that's our main focus of the new year for sure is trying to get out and travel more. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of it's hard to do like bigger runs like, but we're trying to do a lot of weekends if possible, um, and then a couple larger runs. But I mean, we all have like full time jobs, uh, so it gets kind of hard to do like multiple, you know, weeks on the road consistently. Um, but uh, as far as like the writing stuff goes. Uh, it's not like we really like we can do both simultaneously pretty well. Uh, Dave, like I said, just in his free time is constantly writing. Like Squint's not even his only band, you know. He's in other bands as well mm-hmm. that he's also constantly writing for. He just all he pretty much does is just you know work and then come up with riffs. I guess while he does, he has a social life, you know. But I'm sure the whole time he's out on dates and stuff, he's just like writing riffs in his head. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think even if, you know, even if we were consistently touring, like doing like 40 day runs or something like that, I think we would still be riding while we're on the road. So um, we definitely want to get out there more. It's just a you know factor of us booking it and finding the time to do it. Um, and then also just finding the markets where we're most wanted and it's most feasible, you know. So we're definitely trying to do a lot of Midwest weekends. Uh, we'd like to hit the East Coast. We'd like to hit the West Coast. Um, if anyone, you know, wants to help us out with any of that, hit hit me or Squint up on social media, and you know, we'll add, you know, your city to the list for sure. Spots to hit because we're trying to get out there. Uh, me specifically, I know a couple guys in the band. They really enjoy the writing process, but uh, I'm definitely more of a show guy. You know, mm. <laughs> I would I would much rather play shows constantly than spend any time in the studio at all. But um, obviously you got to have both, but you know, and that, and then uh, I feel like squint live is also something that people need to need to see. Like, I think we're a very good band live. I think we sound really good. Um, And the energy is something that I feel like we're much more of a hardcore band live than we are on recording. You know, like sometimes people, We'll listen to the recordings and, you know, not talk shit on it, but, you know, be like, oh, I thought you were in a hardcore band. And then they see us live and it's much more, you know, not scary or it's not like you're seeing bulldoze or anything like that. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's undeniably a hardcore band, I think, you know, 
So I would love to see you guys go on tour with Anxious. I feel like that'd be sick. I feel like you guys would pair really well together. Yeah, uh, we uh, we like their music. Uh, I'm trying to think, one of them is in End on End, I think, right? Yes, Does that's that uh, right? yes, that's uh, Sam, the uh, bass player. Yeah, I've played with that band a couple times. I really like that band a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's it's cool to see that you know uh, those guys do anxious and they're constantly busy with that, but you know they're still you know doing other things on the side and just giving back to hardcore in so many different ways you know yeah that band's real cool we'd love to do some stuff with them so anyone from anxious is listening get at us all right i'll uh i'm actually seeing them on uh this upcoming thursday i'm driving to the desert on a thursday night to see anxious i will i will say say something to them i'll let them know hell yeah nice yeah they're uh they just played that act like you know festival with us last weekend um we actually had to leave like halfway through sunday which we had to miss quite a few friends bands we felt pretty bad we had to miss ankle biter uh we missed constraint tyler i'm sorry if you're listening um and you know we missed scowl and anxious and we were pretty bummed about that but it just you know it was either not play the festival or leave mid sunday so Mm -hmm. We did what we had to do, but, uh, but yeah, I would have loved to see those bands. I would have, you know, loved to see ankle biter. Their set looked insane, you know, um, very happy for them. All those, all those kids are very, very cool. We got to get to know them that weekend. Yeah. I was trying to get a Jersey, but they sold out. (laughs) Dude, they sold out so quick. Um, our bassist Jake was trying to get one, uh, but he's also, I don't know, I don't think it would have been, he, he actually, you know, he's not straight edge, so it might not have, might not have been a joke with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just saw a 420 jersey and was like, sick, I want that. Um, but yeah, they uh, the jerseys were out, you know, hard. I saw so many kids walking around that festival. It was definitely the merch piece of the weekend, you know. That's awesome. And well, um, how was the fest for you and how, uh, what was your set like? It was awesome. Um, We opened up Saturday, so we weren't totally sure how it was going to be. But at the same time, um, I feel like it makes sense that we opened. Like, sonically, it kind of makes sense that we opened it up, you know. Uh, And then also, like I said, I just, you know, I I love playing with Squint so much. And I have so much confidence in us live that I was almost stoked that we were playing first, you know. Like, yeah, let let me set the tone for the day. and it was a lot of fun, you know, it was just kids going off, um, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, I'm thinking back on it now and I'm thinking about Blake going off and stuff. So I'm kind of having a hard time, but, um, he, uh, it, it, you know, ton of people singing along St. Louis rolled out pretty hard. So it was really cool to see so many people from back home singing along and supporting. And then it was really cool to see people that I've never met in my life singing along, you know? Um, and it just, you know, it, it gave me that feeling again, like I, you know, was like 19 singing at a hardcore, you know, at a hardcore fest for the first time. I, uh, I went far harder than I should have throughout the weekend. You know, I was like, I'm not going to mosh or anything this weekend. I'm going to just chill, you know? Um, and then, 
hold my own covered life of agony. And I was like, okay, well, I got to go to the pit then. And then after that, I was like, that's it for the weekend. And then, uh, I know Brennan, you still there. Okay, cool. All right. You're, you're back. Right, you're, when, right. When I say it. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. You're Did all that cut out. Uh, yeah. Last thing we heard was, uh, you went off for hold my own's cover. Oh yeah. Yeah. They covered life of agony. So I like, you know, it was one of those things where I was saying to myself, Oh, sick. This is a life of agony cover. And the next thing I knew I was like punching some kid in the head, you know, it was like an out of body experience. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then move covered no warning. And then there was just so many good covers the whole weekend that it was just like, I have to, I have to jump in the pit. And then, you know, uh, a bunch of friends bands played too. So you always have to show love for them. You know, shout out to snuff direct measure. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was very sore come Monday when I got to work, but but you don't do that often so it's cool and especially you, you're at a fest so you, and you're just feeling it too so yeah well it just made me feel so young again and uh, the next day was a quick reminder that i am not you know so yeah sometimes uh, i'll mosh the next day why is my lower back hurting <laughs> dude yeah what's going on like it- but okay um but getting back to wash away uh, really stoked that uh, you guys filmed the music video for uh, Pigpen. I'm curious why you chose to film a music video to that song and not to another one, like my favorite song, Treading Water. Hey, that's my favorite too. So thank okay. you. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think Pigpen was, we had the idea for it, like as we were writing, not as we were writing it, but once it got done, um, we liked the whole like, you know, dirt kind of idea of the song, the dirty like pig pen being a character from Peanuts that's like surrounded by a cloud of dirt. And the song is pretty much thematically like uh, it's about people who, you know, try so hard to cover up the imperfections and the dirt in their life that it just becomes too hard to, you know, like maintain and it just all spills out, you know. And um, so we, we thought the the visual aspects of like the restaurant life would be pretty good, especially like I said, I'm, I'm a cook in my free time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that was, you know, pretty uh, like real life, you know, inspirations. Um, so yeah, it was like, we had the, we had the, initially we were going to film a video for ghost. I should say from um, feel it off that album. We were going to do a real cool, like kind of like chase music video. Uh, where like I was getting chased by somebody uh, we ended up scrapping that just because we couldn't get it done in time to where it would make sense to drop uh, and then once we decided to scrap that we started immediately like working on the pig pen one so um, that place we filmed it at Woofies that's Ian our guitarist he owns that hot dog restaurant Oh, okay. Uh, so he just shut it down for the day and I just got dressed up in you know an apron and we shot the video. It only took like two hours or so, two or three hours, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And um, and Will, our drummer, he does it all. Uh, he did all the filming and all the editing and stuff like that. Uh, he does videos for other bands around here. He's in a band called Choir Vandals mm-hmm. that 
he does a lot of videos for that are really cool. And then he just recently did a video for um, Smidley, which is like the singer of Foxing's other project. I don't know. He's, he's doing a lot of stuff right now. And uh, I was super happy with the way Pigpen turned out. I was super proud of what he was able to do with that. And just the, I, just the fact that we had this kind of goofy idea and it somehow turned into that, you know, was super cool. Um, but yeah, we, we just kind of picked that song as a single in general. And that's why we wanted to do the video for it. Um, and then we had that visual aspect to go along with it too. Uh, we toyed with the idea of maybe doing a video for Treading Water also, but we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, it just depends on, you know, how much work Will's got on his plate and if we want to, like, you know, dedicate our energy to that as opposed to, you know, maybe trying to book shows or write new stuff. Um, but, yeah, we definitely I, – I like the video aspect. I feel like it helped us out a lot as far as uh, – having like a visual aid to drop with it. I feel like it, you know, kind of reeled people in a little bit better. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think in the future we'll definitely drop more videos. I definitely enjoyed it, especially just the, the just the little things like, well, you know, the, the like information, like the band name, the song title, the lower left-hand corner just reminded me of like MTV back in the day. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is classic. This is awesome. And I, I was I was curious too uh, about the location. She's like, oh, I was like Sunday Drive. I'm got has that kind of budget for them to to do a cool music video <laughs> in, in a restaurant like that. But that's awesome to hear that um, it, it's owned by one of the members. Um, during the filming, did any customers uh, you know try to come in, not realizing <laughs> that it was actually closed? Yeah, there's some pretty funny pictures of like, like you know, there's the camera, and then you know, like we're, like we're actively filming the video. And on the opposite side of the camera, like where our buddy Daniel is standing, holding the camera, there's like three or four people just like peering in the window. Mm -hmm. And we got some funny pictures of Dave playing guitar and just like making eye contact with a person outside the window. One person, you know, knocked on the actual drive through window. Like there's clearly a band set up in the lobby playing. And this person is still just like beating on the window, trying to order, you know, French fries or something. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. That's and awesome. Ian kept, Ian kept getting phone calls while he was there being like, you know, I could only hear his end of the phone call, but he would be like, yeah, we're closed today. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at work even though we're closed. Like, <laughs> I can still answer the phone even though we're closed. You know, mm -hmm. people being like, well, if you're closed, then why are you there? You know, just like... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, let me own my business. Let me do my thing. Like, there's something special going on. Chill, but that's cool that uh, people, uh, you know, enjoyed it enough to <laughs> pound on the windows to try to see what the hell's going on. And they wanted to feed that bad. Oh, they love it. Yeah, I've actually, I still haven't eaten there because it's like a 20 minute drive for me, and I'm so lazy. Mm -hmm. But uh, every time I tell you know my friends and stuff or people in the restaurant industry that I work with and. You know, oh yeah, the guitarist in my band owns Woofies. They're all like Woofies because it's been around for like thirty years, forty years, something like that. He's mm -hmm. obviously, you know, we don't have like a fifty-year-old guitarist. He's uh, he's he's the newer owner, but um, yeah, it's it's you know, if you like a good Chicago dog and you're coming to Missouri, stop by. Famous Woofies. Okay, I'll have to let my buddy Andy know. 
because he, he has some family out there and i'm curious if he uh has ever heard of woofies yeah you have to ask okay uh, but curious are there any vegan options there are not right now but yeah. it's um will our drummer is a longtime vegan and he's constantly you know not bugging Ian, but you know being like why don't you got any vegan options and it pretty much just boils down to Ian being like, you know, that's like, I would gladly have some vegan options, but, uh, I, number one, I wouldn't be able to do them justice. And num- like, as far as, you know, with the materials they have, like he'd probably have to use the same fryer that they fry other things in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, I think that was one of the reasons I might've been making that up. He might have a chill fryer, but, um, I think the other thing too, is he's just like, you know, I don't get a lot of vegans to the point where like, I would like to have an option for when they come, but it's just going to be like veggie dogs sitting in the freezer for like a year, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I don't you know, whatever, you know, I don't think those things go, you know, they definitely don't go bad quicker than meat. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not um, too familiar. I'm not either, but, uh, but yeah, I think he's, he's trying to, you know, he's definitely trying to, make it like a younger kind of vibe because it's you can probably tell from the video you know it's got kind of that retro vibe to it mm-hmm. um which is cool but you know as far as like marketing and social media and stuff i know he's trying to make it a little more uh youthful so i'm sure vegetarian and vegan options aren't too far off especially if you blow them up on social media <laughs> yeah well he's hot dogs all right. Well, uh, when I do the promo for the um, for this episode, I'll make sure to, to throw up a Woofie's uh, uh, you know post to to put people on notice. Dude, he would love that. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I was I was saying hopefully one day it's like you know, uh, I hear you talking the you know about going to Wilkes Bear a lot when I listen to the, the podcast and going and seeing all the sightseeing stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I hope that Woofie's one day is that for St. Louis hardcore that people are like. <laughs> I can't believe I'm eating a hot dog in the Squint restaurant, you know, but that's uh, that, dude. Uh, I love Wilkesbury, and I, I hope that, um, you know, Wolfie's does become like a cool historical hardcore spot for you guys. Cause <laughs> when I was in Pennsylvania on my most recent trip, um, shout out to feet first productions, shout out my friend, Jeff, him and I, we were on our way back to Wilkesbury from Philadelphia. Cause we went and filmed this interview with uh, Bob Wilson and, we had, uh, did we, uh, I guess we had lunch. We didn't have dinner there. Yeah, no, we definitely had lunch because we got back to Wilkesbury and then Jeff and I decided to have dinner. We go to the famous Jerry's Pizza. This is uh, a, a nice little advertisement for Jerry's Pizza, the best pizza in the world. You will not find a better slice of pizza anywhere else except for in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Go to Jerry's Pizza, not Angelo's. Angelo's is okay, but Jerry's is god tier pizza but jeff and i are in there this is like a thursday night random uh, jeff and i are sitting down and then in walks two members of magnitude right you got to think magnitude the band from north carolina uh, one of the members uh you know resides in philly but still out of all the restaurants in the world out of all the days of the week we're sitting there and two members of magnitude walk in and we're just looking at each other from across the restaurant and we're like oh this is really strange. Like, why are you guys here? Cause they, they know me from not being from the area. So they were just as confused as to why I was yeah. in that restaurant as I were to them. And we we're like, fuck it. 
let's just sit together. This is awesome. Like, let's hang out. So it was like this weird meeting that was totally unintentional, but, uh, but awesome just because Jerry's is so legendary, uh, in the, the hardware scene, right? Whenever people bands travel through, they know that, uh, pizza's on the list of things that they have to eat. Yeah. I've heard a lot about it. I've never actually, uh, I don't think we've ever played in any of my previous bands or anything. I don't think I've ever played Wilkes-Barre proper, properly. Uh, Damn. You guys, yeah, we, we, we got to get you down there. I want to see Squint and Wild Red play a show together. Ooh, that band's awesome. That would be sick. Might be my favorite Wilkesbury band. No diss to Fool's Game, Crashing Down, uh, One Step Closer, Warren, but I think Wild Red is perfect. Warren, yeah, we played with Warren recently. Uh, they were really cool. Shout out to Caleb, their drummer. I uh, talked to him for quite a while. Yeah, Caleb's awesome. Caleb actually put me up uh, when I was out there. Uh, on my most recent trip, he, he put me up for the, for the first night. So I love Caleb, uh, shout out to his skate shop. He owns a skate shop called bizarre skate yeah. shop in Scranton. So for anybody who likes skateboarding, if you're in the Pennsylvania area, go to bizarre skate shop in downtown Scranton and support the shop. It's awesome. Yeah. Do that. That dude rocks. I, uh, I, you know, didn't know him prior to that night and he complimented me on my razzle dazzle shirt and we just started talking and, you know, I probably punished him for like 30 minutes but he seemed to be into it so shout out to that guy <laughs> yeah caleb's awesome he, he's easy to talk to and very friendly so it's cool to for hear sure. hear good things about him love him yeah it's uh it's always you know i've been in it for a while so it's not surprising but it's always so cool just to hear how small the hardcore scene is and just everybody knowing each other and you know especially like you know kind of like older people and stuff you know it's talking about old you know people who may may not be around anymore or who do come around, you know, less frequently and stuff. And yeah. Like the focus minds guys. And shit. Yeah. It, it, it is weird for me and for someone like you too, I'm sure who's been around for such a long time and for people to step away and then come back. It's just like, dude, you missed out on so much. I don't even know where to begin because <laughs> the amount of bands that have come and gone, uh, is insane but then you know there's obviously bands that transcend and are still able to like infiltrate the people who have dropped out or who you just kind of stop caring as much um yeah so yeah it, it, it's definitely interesting because uh for everyone who is posting their spotify wrapped there's a lot of uh, people that i'm friends with who were really into hardcore uh when we were younger but as uh, you know, time moved on, they got older, they decided to stop going to shows, stop supporting whatever. But when I would look at their, their list and see a certain bigger hardcore bands, uh, on their list, I was, uh, kind of surprised. I'm like, okay, like they're not fully committed, but they're still tapped in enough to get these bigger bands. And I think that's pretty interesting that th those bigger bands are able to have that kind of reach. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of get that because, like I said, I wasn't super present for a couple years in the scene, uh, but I was listening to music at home, you know, and still pretty aware of the stuff that was coming out. But mm -hmm. I was just so preoccupied with my own vices and just things going on that I wasn't making shows a priority. So part of me kind of does get it, but it is really funny to like, I was saying that's a, um, I know you're friends with Tyler. I've heard many uh tyler short I we, guess I we just did a four-hour podcast yesterday oh my god that sounds yeah pretty on brand for him as far as uh <laughs> but uh yeah we were talking at the festival just about how crazy it is looking around and you know seeing all the people who are still just doing the same thing you know in in a good way you know mm -hmm. that are still put 
putting everything they have into this, you know, music scene that to a lot of people, it's probably, you know, pretty pointless. And it is kind of cool to see, you know, um, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings on like the success of, and mainstreamness of hardcore right now. Um, but it is kind of cool to see like, I don't know, it getting its recognition as a more respected genre because, you know, it's something that's been such a huge part of my life for so long. And I don't want to say it's been looked down on, but like, you know, uh, like by my, like my family members and stuff like that, you know, it's constantly kind of like seen as outsider music, um, and just something that people can't really wrap their heads around. So, you know, with bands, you know, like that are getting more recognition now and getting more in the mainstream, um, and it's making hardcore more accessible for people, you know, I feel like. Like personally, like my relatives and my aunts and uncles seem to like when I, you know, post things about Squint online, they seem to understand it and identify with it more than bands I was in when I was younger. And I think part of that's the music, but I think part of it's also just like the climate of where the music is right now, you know, and the accessibility of it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's cool to see all all the new kids, but it is cool to like look around and see the people that were there for you know i don't want to say the struggle or anything like that mm. but you know um you know i met tyler when i was 16 years old and i'm 30 now and it's just like i never would have thought meeting him back then that he would have been someone you know that would have been this constant in my life and like you know i feel the same way about tons of people that were at that festival you know like on shit i've known for a very long time mm, um, great person yeah they're all just like you know people that you know like, you know, you and I, this is pretty much us meeting right now, but I feel like in 10 years, you know, we could be at a festival and just be in like, remember 10 years ago when we met, you know, like that's so crazy because yeah. we'll there's be, just certain people that are just going to stick around for it, you know? Yeah. So, we'll, we'll be talking about how Soulcraft brought us together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's crazy when I'm okay. Check this out. I, I went and saw Blackpink, right? Blackpink. Check that out. Um, overpriced t-shirt, but I had to buy it. Um, All my uh, K-pop knowledge is from you. So. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> Here, K-pop. That's uh, this is uh, 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 one member of Twice. This is Nyan. This is her debut EP, pressed exclusively on vinyl um, or exclusively sold at Target. So that's why that's there. And this is um, my bias. This is Taeyun. She's uh, another member of Twice. So this is two out of the nine. But but that's awesome. But I- I'm I'm at this giant stadium, right? The Bank Stadium of California to see Blackpink. I'm lost. I don't know where my seat is. I had a ticket to the, I was in like the founders club. So I'm asking employees like, yo, like, how do I get here? And finally I get to this guy. He's like, okay, you're on the opposite side of where you should be. So just go to the other side of the stadium, go down this hallway and then take the gold elevator to the founders club level. And then you'll find your seat. And I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you. But traveling to that hallway, just, you know, dodging all these random people. There's a lot of fucking people there, but there's advertisements for these upcoming shows and you know just like ad after ad i'm seeing blink 182 turnstile story so far and i'm just like i doubt anybody here knows what the fuck turnstile is but for me to be a hardcore kid in this stadium and seeing a hardcore band on this giant advertisement about to hit this crazy world tour with one of the most iconic pop punk bands ever it was so fucking cool to me and i was just like i don't see any negative in a band like turnstile starting in hardcore and still a hardcore band to this day but getting to the level where they're at i don't see any negative in that because 
uh, with their music, they could influence the next turnstile. They could influence the next great hardcore band uh, just by being out there and having that kind of exposure. So when I look at what they're doing, I think it's great. There's not many bands that have come from where we're at and uh, you know done what they're doing. So I, uh, you know, love to to praise turnstile. I love to see what they're doing, and I. I, I think it's crazy that people would want to talk trash about them. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of it just comes from, you know, not necessarily jealousy, I guess, but just kind of, you know, coveting something that people love, which I get, you mm-hmm. know, uh, hardcore, you know, it's one of those, you know, what's that quote? It's like, you know, it's, it's for everyone, but not for anyone or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it should be accessible for everyone, but it's, it's a rough and tumble, you know, community where, not everybody's going to stick around. And obviously, you know, bands like Turnstile are going, when they're just bringing in the masses in the hardcore, they're going to bring a bunch of shitheads in too. But there's a lot of, you know, kids coming in that, you know, have a ton of potential, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's going to do a lot of really cool things for hardcore. I think it already has, you know, I feel like um, even just in like, you know, my, you know, like what, like fifth, 15 years i guess sounds long when i say it like that but um you know since i got into hardcore um you know you see a lot of trends and you see a lot of like uh you know different attitudes and it seems like this is you know one of the most um encouraging eras of hardcore i've ever seen as far as creativity or just you know types of people you know it seems to be the least like uh i don't know like homophobic and you know uh transphobic and um you know just it seems very open-minded as far as the actual like ethics and as far as like sonically like there's so many different kinds of bands you know coming out right now and people just keep pushing that envelope and um that's it feels feels cool to have squint added to that conversation a lot of people who are kind of broadening the turn of hardcore, you know, but, um, I think bands like turnstile, not that they're necessarily, you know, not that we're taking a ton of influence from turnstile personally, but bands like that are, you know, showing kids that, Hey, there's this really cool kind of music and, but you don't need to be confined just within, you know, what's popular right now or what is deemed socially acceptable, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the bands that are out right now, if they had come out in 2010, you know, would just be like, you know, like, I wonder how Focus Minds would have done nowadays instead of when they came out, when everyone was so, you know, kind of, this is what's wrong with this. This is what's wrong with this. This is what's wrong with this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they came out at a more accepting time period, I wonder how they would have done, you know. Who knows? I, I feel like for them to be so straight edge uh, i it, it's awesome i i i love it um but i feel like there's uh, not as many like bigger straight edge bands um yeah yeah i guess i don't know i feel like there's not as many talking about it maybe as blatantly except for like you know like bands like weapon and stuff like that mm-hmm. but um wow i've never heard anybody just call them weapon <laughs> <laughs> Even though I know who you're talking about, because um, I, yeah, I, I, I have to include the X's, X Weapon X. I guess I've, I've always done that with like, like looking forward and like mm-hmm. you know bands like that. I don't know the X's are you know. 
but um yeah i don't know i didn't, I didn't think about it at all but <laughs> looking forward i wonder you, you know i i was always tripping out because um i am a huge uh, you know face down fest uh you know fan shout out to face down records um yeah. but I, I remember hearing back in the day that yeah like the singer looking forward he's like a delivery driver for like uh, some pizza company and i'm like what really i thought that dude uh like was like because like i always looked at dudes in like traveling hardcore bands when i was younger is like that was like their gig like i thought everybody was like living off of hardcore but i'm as like a a, you know naive like teenager i I realized like no like a lot of these people are are just uh normal working people hardcore is just something that they do uh for fun stuff on the side yeah i was like oh that's interesting but yeah when i get you know i was the same way growing up and now that i'm older i'm kind of the opposite like when i find out someone's in a hardcore band and they don't have a job i'm like what (laughs) you know like how the hell it's very far and few i meet those people i guess Mm -hmm. and uh i guess a lot of them too you know that are just touring year round and stuff you know while while that's like a dream to some people when you actually see the reality you know of it it's it's work you know what i mean like being in like uh, like I've got some friends who do, you know, like merch for touring bands, like pretty right. much 10 months out of the year. Yes. And it is, I have, it a, is work. I have a friend. Um, his name's uh, Thaddeus. He is amazing. I've I had the pleasure of working with him once. Um, but to see him day in, day out, hustling, working hard, pays for an, for an apartment, even though he's gone, like, more than half yeah. the year it, it, it's insane and, and honestly like back in the day uh well, not really back then maybe like what it's 2022 now so maybe like five well, damn it's really been that long maybe like six seven years ago i really tried to to pursue something like that i got some crazy offers um and i knew my worth and for me to want to sacrifice a lot like i would have had to have given up the consistency of the podcast like i still could have done the podcast but not to the level that i'm doing it now um but for me uh not having a whole lot of experience i i'm gonna be honest i was asking for more money than people wanted to pay me but i was like yo pay for quality right i'm yeah high quality is, yeah. and i i know what i'm doing i, I was trained by uh somebody who is really talented in that business and i um, knew a lot of like behind the scenes stuff just because i wanted like i took it serious i wanted to to learn as much as i can so i um, was fortunate enough to have some friends who did that right they were in the position that i wanted to be and to their credit they're like all right like I, i know you want x amount of money you'll get there but you have to put in some work and yeah i just at the time like because i i still have like the the corporate job that i have now i had back then and i was like i don't know i don't think me giving up this and sacrificing a lot more is what i really want to do so i turned it down and and for as much fun as i had it was a lot of fucking work like it's not all you know fun and games like no it's a business and there's like real money behind it so i salute people like my buddy thaddeus out there um and everybody else that puts in that, that real work and, and is able to be on the road because it's not easy to, to be gone yeah. for so long because you, you do sacrifice a lot. People may not realize. Like sometimes it makes you hate, you know, music, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, obviously people, you, you always think you want to do what you love, but sometimes 
you do that, you know, and then when work becomes, when what you love becomes work, you know, it's like, what kind of release do you have? You know, like if you go to shows all the time and then you start doing that merch and, you know, you start to resent shows, you know, like you don't have that release anymore, you know, so it's sometimes it's like, you know, it's, it's a good thing to make your interest your career, but sometimes mm-hmm. too, it's like a good thing to keep them separate and keep that, you know, yours and not something that you know is dictated you know or that money is a factor in or anything you know what i mean yeah well i'm happy that we were able to do this it's something that has been a long time coming i definitely appreciate you taking the time to to do this i'm happy that uh we got wash away great release it's been out for a couple of weeks now i hope everybody out there who has been paying attention is enjoying it just as much as i am i hope to be able to see squint sooner than later so whether it be here on the west coast or maybe the end of january i'm okay. i'm got to make a few phone calls but that's something that i i, I really want to be a part of yeah that uh that show will be announced tomorrow i think at noon so all the details will be, you know, there, but, uh, yeah, you know, if you ever want to come to St. Louis, whether, you know, it'd be for, like I said, it's a very unfortunate reason, but, um, if it does bring people together like that, I know that would make Blake very happy, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously it would be, you know, great to have you here. And well, you know, he was still with us, but, um, you know, if, you know, it was a reason for you to come out. I know he'd be stoked for you to get to see the city and get to know everybody and see the, the scene and see how much we love him, you know? 100%. Well, Brennan, I thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, but before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, no. Um, listen to every single band on Sunday Drive Record and listen to every episode of the Jamie or K podcast. Oh, uh, happy birthday. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, thank you so much. I yeah. I, 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 I appreciate that. I I like to think of it as a normal day, but all the love that I got uh, yesterday and today has, has been amazing. So I, I appreciate everyone who texted me, sent me a message, posted anything. I truly appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. So thank all of you. Cool. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back soon. Goodbye.